to Baby Fever. I'm Trey, and it's just me this time. For this episode, I'm going to take it back to the original inspiration for this podcast and just focus on Baby Fever and what it is. The first deep feeling that I ever experienced as a result of my proximity to a child was fear. In college, I had a work-study job working in an early learning center that was infant to pre-K. Some students worked at the circulation desk at the library, or monitored spaces in buildings, or helped code professors' research data. I hung out with toddlers for money. It was through my work-study job that I met a family who, for some reason or another, decided that I was trustworthy enough to occasionally take care of their children after school. Early on in my employment, I was asked by this family to transport their young son in my car from one location to another. I can't remember why or where I was going, but... I have searing memories about what the weather was like that day and what intersections I caught red lights at that exists like scar tissue in my brain. I remember coming up to an intersection near the college and suddenly I began to sweat. I felt uncomfortably queasy like I do when someone tries to talk to me about anatomy. I felt fear and it was physically uncomfortable. It had suddenly occurred to me that I was in complete control of another human being's life. I thought, this being is alive and it is valuable. I had never been more conscious of myself or of my driving or the dimensions of my car, etc. That fear was the same type of fear that I sometimes feel when my cat offers up her belly for a scratch and I can feel the part of her body that is terrifyingly, almost sickeningly exposed without any skeletal protection. I know in a sort of superficial way that her life and death are separated by a thin layer of delicate skin that she blindly trusts to my touch. And that knowledge is too much for me. And so I draw my hand back out of fear But it is a fear of my own power, a fear of myself. That same feeling hit me as a wave with this small child now harnessed into my vehicle for the first time. I never realized how flippantly I had treated my own existence until I was entrusted with the existence of someone else who had no power in that situation. And so, I was afraid. Now, I understand what I'm describing, fear, is not traditionally what people think of when they think about baby fever. More often, baby fever is associated with a feeling of elation or intense longing that overcomes all rational reasoning. It's seeing a baby and saying, I want that. And so fear would seem like maybe the opposite of baby fever. But let me explain. In Sally Rooney's novel, Conversations with Strangers, one of her characters holds someone else's baby and then has to hand the baby back to her mother and relates that, without the baby, my arms felt thin and empty. 
my fear came from the realization of my staggering power, a power that I had no control over and yet required a level of responsibility that I had never known. Responsibility for someone else. Of course, I delivered my passenger safe and sound to his mother. I got back into my car, feeling incredibly relieved to have not died, and drove off in the usual autopilot mode. Or, at least I tried to. See, I couldn't return to such ignorant bliss. I had been abruptly shaken, and been allowed to dip just my toe into the vast ocean of parental emotions, and in its absence, I too was left feeling slightly thin and empty. And I thought... I want that. So what exactly is baby fever? Or maybe how is baby fever? Dr. Gary Brace is a psychologist and a university professor who has spent many years conducting research and exploring the science behind baby fever. He wrote in his 2012 study, and I'm quoting now, different theoretical perspectives suggest that desire for a baby is either superfluous to biological sex drives and maternal instincts, a sociocultural phenomenon unrelated to biological and evolutionary forces, or an evolved adaptation for regulating birth timing, perceptive behavior, and life history trajectories. A series of studies found that a. a simple scale measure could elicit ratings in desire frequency, b. these ratings exhibited significant sex differences, C. This sex difference was distinct from a general desire for sexual activity. And D. These findings generalize to a more diverse online population. End quote. The general research available seems to break down like this. Is baby fever our biology making sure that we continue our species? A trait that would no doubt have been selected for, seeing how it is manifested and passed on by the act of having children and sharing traits? Is baby fever entirely social, as we live in societies still confined by gender castes, amongst many others? Maybe baby fever is both biology and society, working separately but compounding one another. Or maybe the societal and the biological are the same thing, and baby fever comes from biological need to fit into our societal norms, though that last one makes me feel very uncomfortable. Let's take a look at the biology first. It would make sense that we feel baby fever as a sort of species preservation instinct, because it would be very unhelpful to the continuation of our species if no one ever felt like having a baby. In an interview discussing his research, Dr. Brace said, quote, If you talk to a biologist, they say, you want to have children because passing on your genes is the reason why you're here. But if you talk to an economist, they'd crunch the numbers and say, this is a horrible investment idea, end quote. Capital jargon aside, he makes a valid point. The reality of having a baby is often illogical say, on paper, described as a mismatch between desire and ability to do by Dr. Lisa McAllister. And yet, here we all are, former babies. 
clearly there is something inside of us as a species that compels us to have children. Certainly not a universal trait, but one widespread enough to have covered this planet in literally billions of former babies. Though, of course, biology might not tell us the entire story here. We have to also examine baby fever as a possible social product. It would be negligent not to do so. We can't ignore the crushing weight of societal norms and social pressures, especially the obvious disproportionate load that women shoulder. And the research doesn't rule out these factors either. It has been suggested that baby fever may very well be the result of sexist and ageist stereotypes that create a sense of longing to be included, to meet social stereotypes in an effort to be valued or to have value through the lens that our society provides us with. We are social animals, after all. We want to be part of the pack. And the human mind is mortifyingly malleable, no matter how uncomfortable it is for me to admit that. I am ignorantly aware that most of the largest decisions in my life were in some way influenced by societal norms, cultural expectations, or worst, commercialism. What degree did those factors play in baby fever? I don't know. But societal changes do seem to at least curb our baby fever. A study done at the Pew Research Center showed that birth rates do tend to decline during economic recessions. So societal pressure may not cause baby fever, but it can stop it. And of course, the research always begs the question, who is being asked? I found through my research that baby fever is more often used when describing a feeling that women feel. Disturbingly, I found more than one article that referred to the analogous feeling in men as baby lust, which makes my skin crawl. As if we didn't already have more than enough gendered vocabulary around the fertility decision-making process, as researchers call it. The research also indicates that women feel baby fever more strongly when younger, and the feeling tapers off over time. For men, it is the opposite, and it grows as they age. Are these trends biological, or are they driven by a society that constantly, publicly reminds women of the aging state of their own bodies, while also simultaneously enabling the patriarchal male sense of flippant self-centeredness? Again, I don't know. And neither do the researchers. And as Dr. McAllister has pointed out, more diverse studies are needed in order to create a more inclusive view of the fertility decision-making process. There simply is not enough data coming from enough people. I don't want to over-intellectualize this whole thing, though, because I'm not sure that's even necessary. I'm not sure why it matters where baby fever comes from, because baby fever seems to be a deep desire for life. And I believe in that. Is it a selfish desire for life? A desire for a life that affects the way we feel? Maybe. But it is the desire, that feeling, 
that is responsible for our existence. The truth about feelings is that they are real, full stop. And it is useful to try and understand where our feelings come from, or why it is that we feel them. But none of that changes that our feelings are real, and so they matter. But our feelings also move through time. They are a temporal art in that way, much more like a performance and less like a painting on a wall. Our feelings of baby fever usually become the past, making them perhaps eventually irrelevant, the same way that we imagine what a new place or apartment or house will look like before we move into it. We imagine the people we will be, the clever things we will say, the superlatives, the clothes, the arrangement of furniture, the light through the windows. But then we arrive. And what we imagined before doesn't really matter anymore. In fact, it can be difficult even to recall our previous expectations once reality takes their places. Maybe that's how it will be with baby fever. But baby fever starts with a feeling of joy. And I think that is a really great sign of what is to come. If you liked this episode, you can subscribe to catch a new episode every Wednesday. Please also consider rating and reviewing this episode. We really appreciate it, and it really helps us out. Sources and products are listed in the episode descriptions. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Baby Fever Podcast, And feel free to reach out with any topic suggestions or anything else. They can be submitted by email to babyfeverpodcast at gmail.com or at our website, www.babyfeverpodcast.com. Thanks.